you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I think my battery's dead. With free battery testing and charging, we can help you get back on the road. Get in zone, So what if I need a new one? We have the right Duralast battery for you, only at AutoZone. And what about my old battery? We can recycle it right here at America's number one battery destination. Restrictions apply. You must play it out in your brain, in your mind, and see what the worst is, young Sansa. David, football, football, David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. It took me a second to place what that impression was. That was Damashek as Littlefinger, right. in case you couldn't figure it out. Oh, I knew that. Also, Damashek as me. Yeah, well, that's well, the same, you as little very right. similar voice. Uh, it's a very similar impression to the one I do of Handsome Hank. Hi and hello, football fans. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program. Hope all's well wherever you are. I know it is. Why? Because football season is here. I know we just have a couple more of these preseason games to get through. And College then, really gets going tonight, though, too. That's true. We record on Thursday, and you know what? I say all the time, what if preseason is so essential to the to professional athletes, then why don't the collegians have a preseason? They do. They do. No, they don't. They and do. When, they do. They play they like play, cupcakes. They play Indiana Hoosiers. Indiana Hoosiers are coming out of the gate with uh, the with Indiana the, Hoosiers are the cupcake. The Ohio State Buckeyes. They are the cupcake <laughs> for, for the IU Hoosiers. Come on, handsome Hank. Wake up, man. You know? All right, we have a you lot. Know? I love the fact that your team is the cupcake. I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. That's one of my college teams. All right, uh, we have so much to get to here. We're getting a little backed up with our division previews. I <laughs> I, I, simply insist that by show's end, we will have gotten through at least two more, the NFC East and the NFC West are the ones East. we aspire to get through. East we're, and West. we're getting through those, or shame the devil. Um, also, I want to promote a couple of things, if I may. First of all, coming up next Thursday, I think it's 2 o'clock or 2.30 p.m.-ish um, Eastern, The uh, our latest Eternal Red Zone coming at you. How better to kick off the 2017 season later that evening? Of course, Tom Brady and company will take the field to play the Chiefs. A little underwhelmed by the by their foe in that one. Really? really? I, I, why, why not make it the Falcons? The Chiefs are good. I would rather it have been the Falcons. 
Yeah, but that that's that's what about like, Cuddy? Like in going, hindsight, if they could do it all over again, they would definitely right. make it Cuddy and company. But but the Falcons would be like, hey, I went out for this great meal yesterday, and I'm gonna have I, I liked it so much, I'm gonna go have the same meal again. I don't know. Today. Last year it worked out pretty well, right? The the Panthers and Bronx was a good uh, season kickoff. No. Was but that, it's all about am the I misremembering right? how good that game was? That was that seemed it like was a pretty good one. It was a good one. It was a good game. I was there. A very close one. I don't think anyone actually though beforehand, I don't know if you would have said that though. Like I think it turned out being a better game. Everyone was like, Oh, Panthers are gonna run away with it. It does stink that you that, that you get the double whammy of that's how your season ends if you're the right. Falcons and then you have to go into go Foxborough get whipped again, again almost that. inevitably. They probably said please yeah, anything but that. I just feel bad for the Chiefs that this is what they, they're they're a playoff they're a playoff contender and right out of the gate you know they're zero and one I mean you know that there's no way that the because the history shows that the home team always wins that game we'll get into covering that one and all the week one games next week with they with the debut on Saturday the sixteenth. Um, the uh, the Pick'em Show, NFL Pick'em is back. All the NFL podcasts involved there, picking the games just like we did last year. Big hit. We're uh, bringing it back for 2017. Now expanded to a full hour. Um, but that mean I have to get makeup. Check. Do you get executive producer credits on that? I, I I get nothing. I get nothing out of it. But you know what? You know what? We it, all know the truth. Having a spotlight uh, shined on on my uh, my pals is is reward enough. That's what you're about. That's that's all I care. The kind of guy you are. That's that's me. That's that's who I am. Um, now, Eternal Red Zone next Thursday in front of the Patriots and Chiefs game. You can watch a half an hour. We did uh, an Eternal Red Zone. This is when we take all old games and pretend as though they're all kicking off simultaneously, just like they do on Sundays with uh, Scott Hansen and company. This is uh, this is Tom Brady Super Bowl edition. It's going to be good. Ooh, fun. As it turns out, we shot it yesterday. As it turns out, the Patriots have been in a number of compelling Super Bowls with Tom Brady at the helm. Mm, I and hadn't noticed. I kind of was like, I don't want to do it. I want to change? celebrate the Patriots for it. And as I was watching, I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. This pretty is good. A the outcome's lot of ex- yeah. Same outcome? Same outcome, same, same outcome uh, unfortunately. Same um, and uh, so you can uh, you can be on the lookout for that one. And uh, speaking of podcasts and new stuff, so on and so forth. Oh, by the way, another Eternal Red Zone coming up the week after that on the 14th. QB debuts. We're going all the Smart. way back to Marino, Elway, Smart. and as current as Dak Prescott. So that's going to be a fun you one, too. You an Eternal Red Zone of you introducing Eternal Red Zones. Oh, that'd be a fun idea. I have a question. Did the Eternal Red Zone ever stop, or did you just like pick it back up again there? Because if, it, if it's truly eternal. I see what you mean. Yeah. Like, no. We can't prove that it didn't stop. Cynthia, remember what Dave said. We're You're trying confusing. to get through the NFC East and NFC I know. West with the, those things Don't send him down that rabbit minutes. hole. <laughs> um, hey, uh, so Cindy Freeland, uh, you hear her voice right there. We'll say a proper hello. But uh, first, let me tell you, two of our favorites here on the DDFP here in Studio 66, Cindy Freeland and Matt Money-Smith, a.k.a. the radio voice of your Los Angeles Chargers, are starting a podcast of their own. It's called Game Theory and Money. Which one are you? Um, You're well, game theory. I'm game theory. Okay, yeah. and he's money. Right. Okay, so be and you actually the- are breaking that news right now because nobody else in the world knows that. All right, it's it right here. It'll be available on iTunes as of start of next week, next or is week, it already? Next week is the first episode. The be on the lookout episode. for that one. We'll continue we, to bring that one up. Can we rank the nicknames Game Theory and Money? Yeah, that's not. It's not my nickname. That's Why my brand. Oh, but it is. You put. You went in there with it. You went all in Listen, on Game Theory. Why didn't you call it game synthesizing? 
That's your yeah. nickname is the synthesizer. Synthesizer and money. Now well, that I, I, I actually advocated to. for free money, but it didn't really work out that way. Mm-hmm. Wonder why. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's say proper hellos to the voice that uh, voices you're hearing here. Let's start out with her. She uh, is our representative from Detroit Lions Nation and their new uniforms that actually say Lions on them in case you get confused by it. You'll see her all over NFL media. Now you're going to hear her as well, not just on the DDFP, but on the podcast of her own. It's Cindy Freeland, everybody. It's Marianne's daughter here to steal the show. Back in the day, she had a mullet with the funky flow. Running marathons for her fitness goals. On the DDFP, she got the stat control. Because when it comes to the numbers, she's a gunslinger. She do the math in her head, she don't count fingers. No one to question the numbers, she'll waste to you. She's from Michigan, yo, it's Cynthia. Are you going to use that theme song on your new show? I'm just surprised it went the whole way through on this uh, show. I'd listen, I decided it's a celebration. I don't want to step on your toes. Well, you did break the news. You yeah. are the newsbreaker. So muzzle tub on that, Cindy. You. And you know what? I, I, I've been saying it all off season. Don't be stunned if your Lions ain't half bad. What do you think of the Matt stat? I don't even want to indulge it. Why, why do I even start to ask that? I don't want uh, any. Here's, here's I'm going to put. Matt Harmon and I dug deep on that one and said, enough talking about that. What else do you want them to do? What should any team do that I, has a top 12 to 14 QB? I think they saved They have no money. choice. They saved at, right. least, at least $12 million is my rough, very rough calculation. At least $12 million signing him this year before the other quarterbacks flooded the market and the comparables became high. It's just like real estate. Once Aaron Rodgers signs that $30 million a year contract, even though even though you're not going to give Matthew Stafford more than Aaron Rodgers, you're still going to drive it up from like 27 average to 28. So I think the Lions really did themselves a favor. I agree. Next up, let's say hello to, uh, to our Miami <gasps> Dolphins representative all the way from London, England. Here he is, everybody. It's Handsome Hank. Hello, handsome. How are you? (laughs) Very well, thank you. Are you? Yep. Do you know your name came up? I visited. Uh uh, I I visited Coley Mick and Tyler on their show on uh, Barstool Sports. By the way, I hear our pal, another one. His name is actually retired on the digital wall of fame behind me. AJ Hawk is now a part of a new football podcast over at Barstool. Smart. It, it thrills. I, do I do, do I get any uh, anything from that? That's no. right. But no, you, I don't get you spoke earlier about you you're elevating your pals. That's right. what's happened. That's what's happened. That's right. Look yeah. at all the pals they, that you've elevated as they as they stand on my shoulders, right. and I and I get pushed further down. You are down getting into, into the soil. Wait. So I have to know: Are you more of a KFC radio or more of a Pardon My Take Barstool fan? Uh, I will be honest with you. I only know the one. Oh, okay. Uh, so yes, I'm definitely <laughs> Pardon My Take. Are you? Team uh, Big Cat, Team uh, PFTC. Um, I, I like them both. But I like both. Of them. Team, I like all three, uh, team all three Hawk talent. as well. So all the best to yeah. Hawk with uh, with what he's got going over there. Handsome, you have uh, your international series. I saw something with Kay Adams doing a, yes. a showdown. It's available on social media, on Thank Facebook, much, NFL. Facebook. And, yeah, yeah, right? yeah it's A lot of places. Yeah, we, we got it's cool. together with some, some soccer players or football players, as they're called in their home mm-hmm. countries. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Harry Kane from Tottenham. I, know uh, I think he's the the top scorer in Spider Man's arch League. rival. Uh, isn't and that who he is? Arch isn't Harry Kane also? Isn't he the guy who <laughs> no. becomes? Doesn't Harry Kane? Don't be wise. Doesn't Wait, Harry Kane in Spider Man? Isn't he? Doesn't he turn into? Uh, I can't think of the guy's name. Not Greedo, the Green Guy, Green Goblin. 
Isn't that who Harry Kane is? Yeah, absolutely. Right. I have well, no idea. Quiet. Quiet. Yeah, go ahead. Yes. It's a series we produce called Game Recognized Game. We've got a few people, a few exciting players. And J.J. Watson there, he just does one with a guy from Manchester City named Sergio Aguero. Josh Norman participated from the Redskins with someone called Paul Pogba, who's one of the biggest names in, in football in the world. Pogba. Nice. I like that. Uh, Pogba. Um, Black Tie would have loved it. A couple of Manchester United players involved. It's it's very so, excellent. Yeah, and Kay Adams is uh, is hosting. She's that one of our hosts. Series, we so. also have uh, Aaron Coscarelli and oh, nice. uh, Akbar Baja Miller. Now, <laughs> big news this week, both from uh, the banks of the Three Rivers. Very unstealersy stuff. I, in in my opinion, as a longtime follower of the Black and Gold, the first they go. And trade for Vance McDonald the week before the season. Uh, you know, I don't know how highly we want to rate Vance McDonald, but he's certainly an upgrade at the position for the Steelers. And he compared quietly... to compared to someone who's not playing. Yes, an upgrade. As a, what do you mean? Well, like what Ladarius Ladarius Green, Green? Well, right? He's, like injured, he's retired. Well, no, but, he's but like right, of course. But I mean, but, from know. Jesse James, and I mean, who, who was not half bad last season. But... No, I think that do they keep going? Dave, can you can I have a second to reminisce? Sure. Um, at the combine, and I guess it was 2015. Let's Please, say, combine. Or 14, combine. I'm sorry. Um, Gil Brandt, the, gra- the 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 godfather of the comp- combine, or the Something grandfather like of the yeah. combine. I can't remember one or the other. Invited me to come and sit next to him. Oh, which is you know that's that's big. St- that's a big move. Yeah. And he said he said watch this tight end, and it was Vance McDonald. He said you got to watch this guy. He's the one in this group I really like. Hmm. And uh, and he was crazy about him. And, you know, Do you know trust. Gil Brandt? Uh, for anyone within the sound of my voice, here's a fun little tidbit. I once asked him about uh, the phenomenon of uh, college basketball players becoming NFL tight ends, and he said. Who do you think started that? Yeah. Go back and look in the early 70s at uh, the guys we had on the Cowboys roster. He, in fact, uh, Gil Brandt drafted high, uh, college basketball players to become NFL tight ends. I was like, with you at that time, and minutes later, you we standing outside of the beautiful stadium in, in Dallas, you asked him to wave a um, terrible towel around his head ahead of the Packers Architect of the Dallas Cowboys. Fell not the- once but twice in the 70s by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Next thing you see, Gil Brandt in front of the faithful, the Cowboys faithful, waving a terrible towel. That was one of my great Poetic. Events. And then he sat next to you during the Super Bowl and the whole time looked like someone there was a bad smell um, within within sniffing range. And he was sitting next to Dave? Yep. Yeah. I don't think it was a bad smell. Sorry, okay. I should just no, clarify that. No, I just, think it was more just Dave. Just... <laughs> Putting the pieces together yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for helping me out. There. Before we I mean, dig in on the NFC's East and West divisions, uh, a couple of uh, pieces of business we wanted to tend to here. Do we have the final results uh, to the question of best and worst divisions? Kent Brown now back in the fold and behind the glass. He is the master of all useless information. Cindy Freeland has her Ballywick. Uh, you know, a lot Useful of those numbers. Yeah, borderline to me. I don't know about the numbers. I have mine. I know players from 1982, and I can name rosters and that sort of thing. Ken Brown can tell you where every human being that's ever walked a big blue marble went to high school, apparently. They were pretty close to it. Anyway, Kent Brown, we got the question a couple of days ago from uh, from uh, the, a citizen of the Czech Republic. Brian, Brian T. Gray, no greater compliment uh, than when a Bengals or a Ravens or Patriots fan loves the show in spite of uh, my uh, football loyalties. Yep. I appreciate that uh, from Brian and everybody else who, who fits that description. He asked, though, 
What division has the worst combined total of uniforms? He suggests it's the AFC North. We decided best and worst. First, I'm going to go to you, handsome Hank. Who? What, what's your answer? Here? Uh, my best, I believe, is the NFC East. I think if you look at down down the line, there, there's none that's um, in the bottom half. Cowboys are a little overrated. Yeah, Red but they're Skins not bottom half of they the win league. The go- they're not right. bottom six. No, but they have the but the Redskins have the nice gold pants. Eagles leave on the shelf better options, so I resent them for that. Yeah, but, but they're still, still not good. bad. The 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 wings are nice. Right. If I was going, the worse, Giants are probably the best of the lot, in yep. my opinion. Yep. If I was going worst, I'm I I mean the AFC South. If you're going to balance it out in terms of like you ranking them one through thirty-two and the lowest score. I think the Jags are going to bring you bring the AFC South all the way down. They're and then, 37th. Yeah, they're yeah, exactly. And then after that, it's, it's hard to think that the other teams could make up for it. Okay. What, Interesting. What, so that's I my like, prediction. I kind of like the AFC West. I like mm-hmm. I like the Chargers and the well, Raiders. Raiders are the best. Raiders are the yep. best. Raiders have the best uniforms. They Chiefs do. have certainly the most underrated, and I would say top half dozen or so in yep. all of pro football. Yeah. I don't like the Chargers. Same thing I said about the Eagles. They leave better Same options the on the table. But the colors Broncos are great. Do. Everybody looks good in that Chargers blue. Nah, they, should, better, they should either wear, as I've said a million times, and now I'll say a million and first, forget the throw. I mean, I, I love the white helmets with the black numbers on it, the AFL ones that everybody swoons for, Lance Allworth and all that, the powder blues. But also the the, the late 70s, early 80s, Dan Fouts, Chuck Muncy, Wes Chandler. Those are, the best. Those are great. The gold pants, white jersey. Jersey at home and the slightly darker shade of blue on the yep. hat. They could wear those. Instead, they wear those cockamamie. But they, they wear the bolt on the pants, but then they put the bolt, but then they put it inside another stripe. The stripe is the bolt. The bolt is the stripe. You don't. You're, you're putting in a. You're you're being redundant. And then the chart. That's what's cool. The lightning is the pants stripe. What do you do it? I'm getting hot now. Okay, so. Cindy, what's your answer? You go. Eh. I still think so because listen, you still have that as an option. You know what I'm saying? Like there, you, you, there isn't much they to don't work use with. It. When you have. They should be penalized. I don't know. I still like it. I, and Raiders just are so. Raiders are just so good. All right, Raiders pull, is great. Pull, I agree. Pull back what, the curtain though, and uh, I, I did exactly what you suggested, handsome. Just before we started here, Ken Brown and I put them one through thirty-two. I ranked them all out. Now he has added up the total because I'm bad at addition. And uh, so the lowest score is, Better in fact, be. the best one because the Raiders got a one, so that will keep that number total low, if you will. Go ahead, Cam Brown. Drum roll, if you please, Eddie Spaghetti. Wait, he's looking for it. He's, got, he's looking for his drum kit. Get a, Go ahead. Let's get the snare out. for the drum roll. Get the snare out, fella. All right, forget it. Cindy Freeland, you do the drum roll. There we go. The worst uniform division in the NFL, Ken Brown, is? Handsome Hank was correct. AFC was listed as the worst. Whoa. I thought it was. Titans, the boring Texans. Arian Foster and I park our cars in the same garage. You know, legendary Titan. He, I mean, uh, uh, Texan. He and I both agree. The simple fix is just go back to the red socks with those navy pants. That looks nice. As it is, though, there couldn't be more drab. My guess is three of those those teams are below 20. Yeah, in terms of that yeah. division, the Titans are 25, the Texans are 26, and the Jags were dead last at 30. They are. The Look worst. at that. 
Right. And but I, I'll tell you this though, the Colts have very smart uniforms. All right, so lay it up. Can, can you do them in order? Why don't you count it down for us? Go seven, six, five. Sure. Seven AFC North. That's Check what I would, That's seven. what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Really, the Steelers are number two on my list. Well, yeah, the but Steelers Browns. Are two. Browns are thirty-one. Browns Bengals are, are twenty-nine, yeah. and the Ravens twenty-three. The Bengals is. Can I tell you? I no don't hate good. them. I don't hate the Ravens. The more I see of it. I kind of have a weird, grudging respect for them, for the organization as I as I go through life. At least it's I, a I different it. color. The organization of one blue, thing, not the. Nah, I don't know. The purple jersey's kind of nice, and there's something spare about that black. When they go all, I don't like the black pants, but when they go white jersey, white pants, and they I, roll into they roll into Heinz for a big game, there's something striking about the simplicity of their getup. I just appreciate that it's a different color. You know, because yes. like everyone's a version of blue, a version of red. Yep. I just appreciate that it's just something different. Okay, I guess that the the collective is pretty uh, pretty bad though. Okay, number six. Number six, NFC South. They average about twenty and a half mm-hmm. when you put their rankings together. Fifth, NFC West, averaged. Wait right a second. Wait a second. I'm surprised. NFC North, Packers no, and Bears. No, NFC South. Oh, NFC six. South. Okay, I'm and sorry. the West yeah. was Foxes. fifth. Okay. Okay. Well, I love those Niners get-ups, yep. too. Yeah, the Niners, and the cards are clean. The Niners rated high. They were third, but the Seahawks were 20. The Rams were 27 and really should be an incomplete because they're kind of doing their old thing and their new thing right now. And then the Fel- and then also the Bucks were 30, which are those might. Well, as I've said about the Rams, they're in transition. The league doesn't allow them to make a full-on uniform swap right now. You have to wait five years. There's a whole notification process and everything. But as it stands now, they the Rams look like they have the white helmets. I appreciate the aspirational nature of going back to the uh, to the aspirational look nature. and everything and the white pants. But now the jersey still has gold in it. So it's like well, who it. it I've said before, I say again now, it looks like if a kid said, hey, mommy, I want to be a football man for Halloween, and she went to TJ Maxx and bought a bunch of clothes. Like, ah, close enough. This looks like a a proper uniform. That's kind of the way the Rams look, so I have to degrade that. Okay, continue. Now up to the top half. Number four, NFC North checks in at number four. Mm -hmm. That's what I guess. Number three was Cindy's pick, AFC West is third. Yeah, Broncos and Chargers getting penalized. Okay, go ahead. Number two, AFC East. They averaged 13. That's overrated. That's a, the Dolphins have you that cockamamie them, thing. How can it be overrated? You did the ratings. <laughs> That's true. What are you talking how can, about? How can I argue? I'm arguing against myself. But, yes, that seems crazy. You All right. You saying this is right. This is correct. The Patriots you have the it. worst. I talked to Coley Mick, though, about this on his show, and I said, you know, and he apparently Bob Kraft even agrees with this. He said, we've won five Super Bowls in the Navy – um, flying Elvis over the superior Pat Patriot. He likes the red and the Pat Patriot look too. He said, but we've won the Super. We can't we change, those. Can't right. change it. As I've said before, and I say again now, the day Tom Brady retires, Retire you do Brady. it. And then that just heiress lives yeah. lives on its own. All right. So what's and that make number one? NFC? Hank was right on the worst and last. Number one, NFC East. The average ranking nah. was 10 and a half. That's wrong. <laughs> I don't know who came up. Your with own that. rankings. That's wrong. The e the Redskins are good, but only if they wear the gold pants. Cowboys are overrated. Giants are underrated. Dave, you did the ratings. I know. Yeah, Not we have Cowboys. What are you? Cowboys at thirteen, Eagles at fifteen, but then the Giants were six, and the Skins were eight. So yeah. the Redskins were eight. So those two were very high. You no, know, I disagree with you on Washington. I don't. I think theirs is not as good. I think you. I think you rated them too. High. That's because you're being politically correct. All right. No, yeah. I, it has nothing to do with that. I just don't. The yellow. Anytime the the the. 
the gold with the maroon and the I don't know. That gives us a perfect transition into the NFC East and our our, uh, our division preview. However, you know I can't uh, help but get in the way of that. One more thing from uh, from the <laughs> Czech Republic, specifically our pal, uh, you know, esteemed citizen, handsome Hank. Did you see our new sign that Andrew Raby, aka DDFP uh, flag red flag, red flag. yeah. DDFP red flag at or follow oh, him at it's red DDFP as well. red flag. And uh, he sent us a sign, yeah. Studio so 66. Awesome. The only rule that we've ever had here, no jive. And it's uh, it's listed right there. He also, um, uh, if you follow along with him, he tracks for us our picks week in and week out. And you can see how everybody's doing there. So I encourage you to give him a follow on Twitter. He also dropped me a line to say that he just completed his draft, and I think he was doing it just for fun. He drafted nothing but Patriots, top to bottom in fantasy Patriots. And I actually think that's a keen strategy. I think maybe we should do this. Let's try this next week because I don't think anybody's prepared to do this. What is the best team? Obviously, you're not going to be involving offensive line and punters and stuff. What If you were drafting a fantasy team which and you could only have one full team, which is the best? I think we should do a draft of this if here you on could only have Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Here's my question. Are we scoring? it like regular fantasy yeah. so you wouldn't necessarily want the team that's always going to win because they're not always in like yeah, shootouts yeah. you want a team like the Raiders who's going to be like potentially like, all right well let's, a lot of let's do this let's, yeah. let's have a real draft for this and, my and pick, figure I'm this out I don't want anybody a real to draft for teams that you, yeah. you have to take and we'll top to keep an eye on it, uh, it. next um, week spaghetti make a note of that and let's uh, do that next week now let's get to it everything has been prelude to this the main event our two division previews. We started off with the NFC East. East. And Cindy, I turn to you. We work from the bottom to the top. Let's Who is in fourth place in 2017 in the almost always competitive and compelling NFC East? For me, this is a very – this is the – okay, so the two tight divisions for your AFC West and the NFC East. NFC East is going to be probably one in defensive secondaries and running back play. Those two things together because you've got an emergence of a lot of great wide receivers. They've loaded up on each team. The ability for, for offenses to run the ball and the ability of opposing defenses to stop the ball, that secondaries to stop the deep play, for me – that makes Washington number four. Interesting. We just kibitzed with your fellow BC alum, Will Blackman, earlier in the week. Boy, what a bon, vi- bon vivant he is. You know, he's a <laughs> bon he's vivant. A bon vivant. I don't. I don't need your fancy pronunciations. What Blackman. A bon I, vivant. We talked he is. about it all. We talked Game of Thrones, the the he's big awesome. climax to the season. We talked about uh, Rose. And he gave it a thumbs up. So anybody who wants to come at me, a pro football player, has uh, has sided with me on the uh, important issue of whether or not it's okay for it a is grown okay. man to wear. I've always said it's okay for a grown man to drink rosé. Thank you. But now it's a football player. Well, you, so, couldn't, so you wouldn't want an uh, ungrown man drinking rosé. Right. Got to be true. 21. That's true. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, but anyway, I, I'm with you. That uh, that the that that the skins to me. There's you know Terrell Pryor hasn't exactly not worried about that. I know. I, I'm not. Wor- okay, so for fantasy reasons, James and Crowder put him in the slot. Yeah, there you go. That's gonna be some fantasy gold. Uh, Kirk Cousins. I actually think Kirk Cousins is gonna have a good season fantasy wise. I'm very concerned. What's going on with their ability to stop deep plays? You know, say right. Hmm. That's I, yeah. I mean, you look at their roster and and running. I mean, I think their running backs are gonna be okay. They have added some good uh, defensive pieces though along the way. But they? but there, there's a lot of uncertainty. Do they play Agreed. together in a scheme that that makes sense? Do, are they gonna be able to stop? I mean. Alshon Jeffrey, I still think it's a question mark, but you still got – think about every single receiver that they have to go against twice 
next mm-hmm. season, right. right? Like Odell, you got just a slew of them. Well, it, feels, it feels like they added Josh Norman as like, okay, we got to go up against Odell, we got to go up against Des Bryant, we got to do all these things, and then they're like, all right, that'll do. We don't need to do anything else right. with the defense. Uh, you do. That's that's where they're going to fall short. Are you agreeing then? You're going yeah. DC yeah, the, in the in the four hole, right? And and but if Jordan Reed can come back to Jordan Reed total form, if he's like hundred percent, and they can they have the opportunity here. I think this is going to be an offense to target in fantasy, but not an offense to necessarily target in in terms of wins. Interesting distinction, and I happen to be with you both. We all park our cars in the same three car garage. Redskins bring up the rear in the NFC East. Third place, handsome. Who gets it? I'm going to give third place to the Dallas Cowboys because I don't think any team I don't think any team in this division can afford to have a slow start and if they don't have Zeke in the first few weeks of the season I think that they will have inevitably have a slow start and and it's going to be this in my opinion this is going to be not only the best looking division in the NFL but also the tightest division in the NFL and I like I said I just don't think you can afford to like stutter at the beginning because you're going to get left behind Cindy Freeland, how say you? Third place team. Third place team are your New York football giants. Hmm. Okay. It's the run game. Because. Oh. It's it's the run game. It isn't the run game. Well, correct. Yeah. (laughs) The lack of run game is the reason for my my distinction here. Last season, the number one red zone defense, so they stopped touchdowns most effectively. The problem is this year, who's going to be that stability to gain them the first downs on the ground on the offense to keep their defense off the field? Because that defense has to keep playing because all Eli Manning projects to do is throw a lot of passes. And for me, he actually flags as having the potential to have the most interceptions in the league, more than Phillip Rivers potentially, because there's a lot of question marks in in the stability in their run game. Their ability to earn four or more yards on first down 32nd that's what they ranked last mm. season and it doesn't seem like they've addressed it very much in the off season. bringing in Evan Ingram does add stability in the middle of the field but I don't know if that's enough to overcome what they put, put, could potentially you know and by the way, I, to your point, kind of, I think at some point in, in most every game they play, they're going to have to abandon the run game. And, well, they're gonna... and their left tackle, Eric Flowers, he's had a very not great preseason. Yeah. That you, very not Well great. said. Well said. <laughs> he's, he's had a, a, a red flag preseason, and that is a huge problem, especially when you don't have a dynamic running back that is more proven. Paul Perkins figures to be the starter. I We don't really know who he is, and if you don't have a great line to run behind, that's going to be really tricky for your... Well, as far as that goes, uh, right. As far as that goes, first of all, what I was going to say is I suspect that as games unfold that they're going to turn to Shane Vereen more. So they're going to have five pass catchers on the field. So when you start to do that, it almost feels counterintuitive. Who's going to stop an offense that has Odell Beckham and Brandon Marshall and Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram, Ike Taylor's pick to be the breakout pass catching star? Yeah, he's going to have to catch a lot of passes because there's nobody running the ball. It's it's going to be opportunity. And then Shane Vereen with those with those dump offs and on the other side the defense is very good and yet I'm going with the uh, uh, oh, I almost said it I'm going with handsome Hank it's Dallas, yes! the Dallas you, Cowboys guys. in four in third place yeah I think there's a little regression there for Dak a, 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 a summer's worth of I'm uh, saving all my good Cowboys stuff for where I'm ranking them so I'm just okay. I'm, I'm okay quiet on purpose but this is sounds like some sort of uh, lame, empty cliche, but I do kind of buy. It's also what you deal in. So. Well, true. <laughs> what you know, Warren Sapp always likes to say 
that uh, that the the fast what what is his uh, now I can't even remember what he says but it's <laughs> the fastest the fastest adapting organism. organism on the planet Earth is uh, an NFL defensive coordinator and it's right. kind of true they've been able to look at Dak they've been able to try and uh, figure out how to slow them down and more practically. The offensive line that everybody hails as the best in the league, people don't seem to be paying attention that it's in transition. They don't have the same offensive line that they've had in the last couple of years. And the defense continues to be an issue. If they can't – I mean, the defense was ranked highly last season, but right, that's but because when you looked at 21 it, like, just kept how? spinning the clock, right. kept spinning the clock. That was what it was owed to. If they if they fall off at all in that area, then the defense is going to get further exposed. Ergo, in a – Division that's been improved by the Eagles look a little bit better than what they were a year ago. The Giants still have the same issue, which is the offensive line, as they had last year. The defense might be a little bit better, though. The pass catching should be a little bit up. Oh, I think their defense is great. But everyone, the Giants' defense. All right. Cowboys in third place for Damashek and Handsome. Cindy says... New York football Giants. Or the Giants. All right. That takes us to second place, then. So you Cindy want a fantasy Freeland. tip here? So leading from my third place pick of the New York football giants who have a good potential breakout tight end, the, but you never want to play him when he's playing the Eagles. The Eagles were the stingiest to opposing tight ends last season. That's going to continue. The That's Eagles guy, are my Jenkins. number two in the NFC East. Pick. Okay, fun. I, I, know. Well, I guess I, I, I guess. know who she thinks going to win the division. <laughs> <laughs> who? She's wearing a yeah, USA. It's, it's my game I'm wearing a USA shirt because I'm finally ha- like we I'm really known. We I'm known. really proud of like I think everyone's been amazing about everything going on in Houston. I'm actually like I feel like our country's being good, and so we're I'm a lot of the country. It. I don't know about the uh, the high I'm, heels. Listen, I'm focusing on how awesome yeah. everyone's been yeah, about JJ Watt. You know, we, we, not just Watt, but everyone doing these smaller things. Like even I agree. people I know from you know my friends who my friends used to live in Houston and they. They moved from Houston, and they their friend lost a house, and they got to go help fund me started. Like people are being great. It's nice to see. I'll tell you what else too. Uh, the the for what it's for what it matters, which I guess it doesn't matter a great deal. I was I was really struck by during Super Bowl week. My uh, my expectation of Houston, Texas, would be that it would be a, uh, <laughs> a an interesting region of the country to visit. A certain type of person would emerge. That you would get a lot of good barbecue food and uh, and uh, Southern twang and all that kind of stuff. But in fact, it proved to be a truly international city. Mm. Did you know it was about to become? It's about to become the third biggest city in the United States. It was fourth. It's going to jump uh, Chicago at some point. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a, a, a great uh, – really. Most air conditioning per capita. Is that true? Yep. I didn't know that. Also also the home of the uh, breast implant. Oh. That's where it was a birthplace. Just Take so that, you know. everybody. Fun facts Just about when Houston. you thought you had all the most useful Fun information, facts. Dave. But, uh, yeah, Fun best, uh, best to everybody. But, yes, with J.J. Watt kind of leading the charge on that, but uh, a lot of people in the NFL doing uh, great stuff great. for that. Yeah, so but cool Houston. Uh, DDFP uh, listeners, if you ever get a, a chance great city, to meet Dave, yeah. if you ever get a chance to meet Dave, ask him what people were protesting, and, and Dave will tell you a fun story about that. Oh. The people wearing the white. Oh, yeah, do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> the most awkward protest. All right, let's go. Here we go. So, Cindy Freeland, you said in second place, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. Explain yourself. I'm, worried, I'm really worried about their secondary. Bottom five or six in the league against deep passes, depending on how you want to measure them in terms of explosive down the ball, down the field, 20-plus air yards, 15 or more yards uh, total, those big explosive plays and that's what the NFC East is going to be all about who are these wide receivers catching the balls that's where they were deficient last season I'm not sure how it maps out in this Jim Schwartz defense I think that you get another year of Carson Wentz with 
running this offense under your belt. I think you're going to see improvement there. Alshon Jeffrey figures to be an upgrade in the wide receiving core. I think it makes them number two in the NFC East. Uh, well, you know what? Not only do I think that the Eagles are not the second place team, I think they are, in fact, your NFC East division champs 2017. I, people are giving me the business about this one, but I do think Carson uh, Wentz in year two progresses. Obviously, he's been given a highly upgraded. Uh, but wait, you just said Dak Prescott regresses, but now Carson Wentz will progress. So what? Why can't why can't just, what? So he doesn't get hit by regression. The, the, the pieces, the, the situations aren't the same, sister. What are you talking about? The Eagles have, <laughs> the, the Eagles have grown leaps and bounds in terms of weapons. They also get Lane Johnson And back. they get Lane Johnson back, who appears to be their Jenga piece. When you took him out, the whole thing seemed to collapse last Literally, year. the pocket. Wensylvania, remember all that, that first month? Then it, then it, uh, you know, then it dropped off even a though bit. His, even though Wentz's style is a little bit different in potentially more, like he has a more uh, risky style, right? But Dak, they kept him very protected, kept him in the pocket, minimized his opportunity to have things go wrong, right? But I like the gunslinger. That's a, that never scares me. I want a gunslinger well, I mean, under you know center he, for me. You know who he compares to really for me is a young Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, everybody compares to young Ben Roethlisberger. No. There's never been a quarterback who's entered does. the league in the last decade who hasn't been like, you know who he reminds me of is Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger. Everybody. <laughs> no, but he actually does. Like the coming from the small school, the the smaller get that, school. Yeah. No, there's a lot, there's a lot of there's. I think he's I think the best comp that we've seen since Roethlisberger is Jameis Winston. I think their skills are 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 very similar. I don't know that Roethlisberger comports himself in the locker room as you know as is engaging and jokey with his teammates, but I think on the field, similar skill yeah. set. I, I don't mean to be in any way rude, but I think Jameis Winston, in terms of athleticism, is superior to Ben Roethlisberger. I think you're forgetting because you're a young person. You're forgetting, or maybe n- didn't get to see Roethlisberger in the first half of his career when he was no, super I mo- athletic. I, I most certainly did, but I still think J- Jameis Winston is. <laughs> is I think Jameis. They're the Winston same is- kind of physical. I mean, they can run with the ball when they have to. Guys bounce off of them. They, uh, Roethlisberger could run for the first six or so seasons of his career. He would take off with the ball sometimes. They would call. They would do the little Elway QB draw fairly regularly in the red zone. Okay. She doesn't respect he, you. He did it. No, no, no. <laughs> he did. Well, anywho, and the, the I just is, feel like if you were to if you were to at their same age line them up next to each other and put them through an Olympiad of you know mm-hmm. running throwing pet like more so than just the combine results which I don't have in front of me. But to me, the 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 Jameis Winston comparable would be like, hey, he can get hit by like seventeen people and he's still going to be standing. I know, but I mean, you know, <laughs> they they throw risky passes. They do some of their best work when they go downfield, which is uh, you know not you know which isn't standard stuff for good quarterbacks. I, anyway, I like this team. I am with you on the secondary. We love Malcolm Jenkins though, the ball hawking and all that. I think that marries up very nicely with what they have, which is a nasty New York Giants at the height of the Giants' powers pass rush. They have a rotation. I mean, they're they're six, seven deep Mm -hmm. on that uh, defensive front. They should be able to – The front is nasty. Specifically, they should – I mean, if – if you're a Cowboys, if you're going Cowboys number one, then then fine. But if you're somebody who's saying the Giants, that specific matchup is not good for the Giants. No. That offensive line against what the Giants are, what the Eagles are going to throw at you, pass rush wise, that's gonna uh, that favors the Eagles. I think that's two wins for the Eagles right there when they go up against those Giants. All right, 
Handsome, how say you? Second I, place. I say Eagles too. All right. Handsome. Well, no, I'm, so, I'm cheering you. I, yeah. you were I know. I, was I like, say Eagles too. My question, my question Mark, because I'm excited like you guys are about Carson Wentz. I'm kind of intrigued to see how he does progress. Not Cindy. Too. But, um, Cindy doesn't know. Cindy's like, eh, Wentz. I, no, I like Wentz. I want to know what their corners and safeties are going to do. And I agree with that stuff. I don't, you know what I don't love Mark, is LeGarrette Blunt. That's, that's I, what I, I was about to I'm say. I'm sorry. I stepped on your toes. Go is that, is that I don't see him coming from the Patriots and being the running back he was with the Patriots. What, the Patriots you, don't bu- you don't buy the rich history of guys who leave the exactly. Patriots and go on to their next stop and shine even brighter there? Exactly. So that that would be my question. I think that, in the same way that you were talking about the Cowboys, is going to put the onus on, on the Eagles' defense, and especially the secondary, to be able to keep teams off the field. And that's just not going to be able to happen with the, with the personnel they have there. All Giving right. up explosive plays is going to be the yep. to me the metric that determines whether or not they have a chance. That yeah, that, I, I I hear you on that. Yeah, that makes sense. But I do think I mean you know again probably overly simplistic, but it does make sense if you think about it that you're trying to force the ball out of the QB's hands a little more quickly than he wants, and it's and it comes down to split uh, seconds when that what you're talking about there. If the pass rush is as nasty as I suspect it will be, then they're not going to have time to stand back there and uncork the uh, the deep balls. You see? No? I get you. That's what, yeah. Handsome. Go. Number one. New York football giants. Why? In great defense last year, improved this year. Um, I agree with you on the worries about the running game, but I think I actually think they'll they'll work it out. I think that offense is too explosive to be stopped. I and I, Eli's always been a guy that's thrown picks, and yet they've managed to find ways right. around it. But be a mindful of Brandon Marshall. Be be mindful of Brandon Marshall's availability. Right, right? he has big injury concerns. True. So True. that that's a, that does change things. Yep. Right. The bummer line is, I mean, that's one thing, but they will find ways to be able to get the ball out of his hand quickly. I mean, that, that, if they're not thinking about that now, if they're going in there thinking, oh, we've got a great offensive line, we'll be fine, I'd imagine they've been looking at their offensive line personnel since April, since the draft, and gone, all right, we need to make sure that what, everything that we're doing on offense means that we're getting the ball out as quick as we possibly can and in the hands of these great I think, playmakers. I think they're probably more like, hmm, we spent a whole lot of money in our defense. Let's just hope that we can get this offense to work the way it is. It is amazing. By the way, I, I can't remember. I, we've bellyached about it for years. Why doesn't the NFL have as many trades as, uh, as like this year's base, start- baseball and NBA? People have been dealing. The last two, dealing. the last two or three more. weeks. Lakin Tomlinson was dealt today. I know it's, cr- but but that was what I was going to say. Is that August thirty first? We're lousy with trades all of a sudden in pro football. Watch out. Why aren't the Giants go? Why aren't the Giants getting any of these guys if they're being made available? They have no money. Uh. They bought. They spent a lot of money on this defense. Fair enough. There's a, <laughs> that's I, the answer. That's a good question. <laughs> Got a good answer from yep. Cindy Freeland. All right, you should explain. Be money, not. Game theory. Explain to us why you say America's team. I I, I did the math on that. They were yeah. the only one left. You're picking the oh Dallas Cowboys to Good win job. the NFC. Too. Yeah. So when you have the number five overall red zone offense last season, and you do lose a big piece, and the O line is a bit reconfigured, it's not reconfigured in a way that at least statistically in the past is correlated to diff- making it less elite. Now, let someone get hurt. and that the, Again, in its, in its current today, if you go on ourlads.com and you read what the, the starters and the depth charts say, for me, that still figures to be the number one O-line in all of football. Now, I do know that Ezekiel Elliott is going to be missing for at least some part of the game as it seems stands right this Who second. even knows at what portion of the season at this mm-hmm. point, but anyway. But again, we, we don't – let's just like – 
we know something's going to happen there at some point, but they've had now quite quite enough time to figure out a game plan to get through whatever they need to get through with that, right? Again, we're as we're standing this, as we're taping today, it's six six games. And by the way, Alfred Morris has been productive in a number of systems. I talk about an underrated NFL player. I mean, yeah, I know he's not a home run hitter, but it's been effective at minimum. And Darren McFadden is a home run hitter if he's healthy. I certainly think that's not going to take him down too much. No, the the question marks to me, so the young secondary, and that's going to be, I mean, there's some questions there. The pass rush, yeah. that's, that's a question Wentz. mark there. From Wentz. Are they going to deliver from, Oh, I was like, Carson Wentz? Carson what are you talking about? <laughs> the other Wentz. Right. From so, Wentz, are they delivering their pressure? Well, they got a good second-round pick last year out of Notre Dame who was hurt. We didn't see him play at all. Jalen Smith, his return could be a pretty big difference maker. From everything we've seen, he looks to be healthy, ready to How go. How about Jerry Jones? You know, it wasn't yep, he's very get, – he's, he's getting not out of the get field. Any sacks this year. He's, he's not going to make gonna any, sacks. any sacks this year. Jerry Jones isn't – No, I think he – you know what? <laughs> I, I've been saying this for a little while now. He deserves more credit than he – He's in it, the Hall of Fame. I think that's enough credit. Yeah, what do you I mean? guess that's true. <laughs> but I feel like people – remember, it wasn't very long ago where people were, were saying, well, what's he sticking his nose into personnel for? He you know, seems, he's hit – he's pretty – I know he's not a, a man on an island making these decisions, but he is responsible for making some unorthodox picks – with the offensive line in the first round and going to get Zeke Elliott when when a lot of people weren't there reaching nope. for running Oh, back. I got yelled at when I was on that other network that I was at. People were coming at me on Twitter pretty hard when because the smartest person I know in the analytics game in terms of people who day-to-day in organizations, he doesn't want me to say his name ever on TV or anything, but he works for the Cowboys, and he is by far like I'm just – I sit there and I listen to him talk, and I'm like, keep going. Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me these stories. And he told me I was allowed to say that on TV last year. So we did. And people were like, and then when it happened, I was like, all of you need to apologize to me right now. (laughs) Well, bottom line for me is, by the way, Will Blackman, who knows a thing or two about uh, playing in the secondary in the NFC, said a major loss that nobody's talking about with the Cowboys is Barry Church. That's going to be a big absence in a a young secondary. But um, you. But the point is, is if you create, if if the pass rush is even a little bit better, which it figures to be, and if Jalen Smith is able to stabilize that front seven a little bit more, just where, I think you have. They're still gonna eat away at the clock with the two running backs that are there or Zeke, whatever configuration of running backs there are. Now, they're not going to get as many first downs on the ground. They're going to have to figure that out a little bit more. But they still it, – it's not like they – like everyone's kind of like, season's over, you know? I, I don't, I, I but don't like I say, I don't. So I, I modeled it's not, it all out. It's to not make Zeke, sure. Zeke's absence that concerns me. It's you know, Jason Witten is. I mean, re, I mean, really old now. I mean, we've been saying he's but old. But is he for older? Five. I mean, he's only he's one old. year older than he was last year. Well, he's old. Right? Well, he was old last year too. I mean, who outside after Des Bryant really? Who is who? Injury prone. Cole Beasley. All time great. You know, in my in my book, I know it's funny when you look up Des Bryant's numbers there. I always would have thought it, it just anecdotal. Oh, yeah, he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. His numbers don't exactly no. lead you to believe that that's where he winds up. Either way, he is at his best, at his peak, one of the three or four most dominant receivers in the game. Mm, I think yes. he's been overtaken a little bit at this point. I would say including Tell me, because uh, it's easy to say three or four, but then actually when you when you start naming names, you're like, okay, maybe he's like six or seven. Well, this is what I love about Des is that – 
uh, even when Calvin Johnson was in the league, even Julio Jones, whoever else you want to say, I mean, there's nobody who I would uh, rather throw a fade to. You know, he's he's just he outmuscles he's guys mean. better than he's anyone. I, I, now I he's a do. basketball player. You want to talk about someone who like the Gil Brandt, like uh, who you're gonna draft? That, that's a basketball player. All right, then we're going to Cole Beasley and uh, Terrence Williams and blah. Just, Maybe that's like a nod to the fact that it's a system, right? You know, and, like and and Rod Marinelli sounds like a magician's name, the great uh, Marinelli, <laughs> the and great he, Marinelli, and he really does work magic uh, year after year in that situation. But I mean, you just look at the pieces and you yeah. say, well, how is that? That can't continue to happen, can it? Maybe it will. Maybe you'll be right. Handsome, you go Giants, Maybe. you go Cowboys, Cynthia, I go Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, exciting! I, you know what? This isn't. This has nothing to do with anything. But I like the guys on their team. Chris Long doing great stuff, putting his hand on the shoulder of Malcolm Jenkins during Absolutely. his like, social wait, protest. Wait, wait. Are Corey we only Smith. picking it based on who we like the most? I didn't. I just said this has nothing to do okay, with everything. Okay, I okay. gave you my okay, football okay, reasons okay, already. Okay. I'm just okay, telling okay. you that I also happen as a fringe benefit to be rooting to see this happen. Hmm. Well, that's nice. I the, like when those two things align. The yeah. one thing, Cynthia, do you agree that in this division, compared to others, the the span of games separating one and four is going to be oh tiny? I think we're like eleven wins down to seven wins. I think it's that <laughs> kind of a gap. Honestly, the the median projection for everyone in this team is like somewhere between eight and nine. Yeah, and it's it's very very little. It's it, very little separates them. If we're wrong about you know the Eagles secondary just nasty shutdown mm-hmm. corners like. That would make the Eagles easily, you know, end up first. Like, I don't think this is one where there's one. Like, it's not like, let's say that AFC. You don't think Darby is of any adds any value? There? It's not that I don't think he adds any value. It's that I don't know how it works in the system with what they have in place. Like, you you could have one, but then if you have one, then we throw the other side. You know, like the, people can scheme for. It's really what? How do they work together? Yeah, but like I keep saying, Malcolm Jenkins is kind of a hybrid uh, safety slash corner a little bit. Now, Malcolm Jenkins is excellent. It's just how does that work with Dar- – got to see it. Yeah, we I, I got to see it. We're going to see it gotta one play way or the gotta other see it. They in, play the games. Uh, in a week. Now, at the other side of the Keystone State, like I started to say earlier, very unstealersy stuff. On Tuesday, they go and get Vance McDonald. On Wednesday, big-name free agent Joe Hayden hits the market from a division – I'm not rival division punching bag Cleveland Browns and Joe Hayden's out all of the, the Steelers are talking to him what they're not going to sign a big name free agent that's not something the Steelers do a week before the they season for starts for 7 million though that's not like bananas I, it's just not something they do in my lifetime. The Steelers don't do things like this. This is a very Patriotsy kind of a thing to do. This is no like all of a sudden. Wait, they've just late in the game just before. Wait, they've added two, uh, you know, good tight end and a potentially great cornerback uh, right before you, the season. When do the Steelers I do think that it's kind like of business? Brilliant, because if he ends up even so, okay, I agree. I'm top over the, the moon about is it. Fifteen million. So they didn't like go out and pay anyone. I mean, the, Joe Hayden. What I heard the the story I heard was that the Browns were asking him to restructure from 11 to 7, so down $4 million. And he was kind of like, what? And then they shopped it to they, – they figured out how to make it happen, but he's only getting 7 from the Steelers too. And now he's like, I want to go to the Steelers so I can play the Browns twice. Yeah. I like that anger. And also there are plenty of people reporting that there are teams that are – 
you know, that appear to be uh, contenders this year who offered him double digits in the millions, and he Correct. turned it down because he wants to put he that black to. and yep. gold on. That's going to endear him immediately you to know, the Steelers fans who already were saying, if only, dude, if only we had some good corner dudes. If we had some dudes to cover dudes, then we would win the Super Bowl. Now you, we got the uh, Artie Burns and Joe Hayden. Actually, I ran my model if the Steelers can get back up into the top five in terms of turnover differential, a place they haven't been since your Jerome Bettis Super Bowl. And if they do, then they have the best chances in all of the AFC to beat the Patriots. You're going to get a you, – now, week 15 when they face each other, I don't think that's going to be the best preview of it because I don't think either team shows kind of their whole playbook because by my estimation – It, both, it is both, interesting strategically, though, at that point in the season if they're – because both well, will be playoff. but if they're parrying for the top seed and where that game is played, presumably in January, then it is interesting. How much mm. do you want to show? But again, to me, don't look at that necessarily. But to me, if you if you project out the whole season, if they are able to get top five turnover differential, if they're able to get back up there, that that's how they beat the Patriots. Our guy twenty four, who uh, has a direct line to Kevin Colbert and the personnel department there in Pittsburgh. In fact, uh, worked alongside of them in Latrobe this year as a uh, scouting intern. He legitimately knows his stuff, Ike does, about the kids, the under-the-radar kids in college. He's made a number of good calls on that. He knows, he can t- obviously, uh, tied into the organization, can tell you who looks good in camp and beyond. We caught up with him briefly just before he went on the, uh, live on uh, Total Access yesterday. Here's what he had to say about the additions of Vance McDonald and Joe Hayden. Big additions for the black and gold. Vance McDonald on Wednesday. I mean, on what? Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Joe Hayden on Wednesday. What's it all mean, Ike Taylor? Them boys trying to win a chip. A chip mean a championship. Joe Hayden still in this prime. I don't care what nobody talking about. Has he lost I, a step? I just need Joe Hayden to stay healthy. A healthy Joe Hayden is a top 10 corner. Believe me on that one. I agree with you, and at the very least, he is an upgrade from what they have in there. So by that measure alone, it makes sense, right? I see what you're saying. Parkwell gave up two touchdowns last year. Artie Burns had a heck of a rookie season. I agree. Going into a sophomore season, right? So it's an upgrade for show because Joe Hayden, let alone, he's a shutdown corner. But uh, I'm not going to disrespect any one of them boys who are on that Pittsburgh still the team. But Joe Hayden is a good corner, though. Top 10 for show winners. And what about Vance McDonald? Very unstealers. He trading for a guy right before the season, signed in a big name free agent just before the season. What gives? What do you think about McDonald? He's a he's a stealer. If you just look at some of his tape from Rice, uh, he's an old school, down and dirty, blocks. He can pretty much do it all. I know we're trying to replace Heath Miller. That will never happen. But at the same time, Vance Joseph, he's an upgrade. You know what I just heard? I heard Ike Taylor go, we. See, it's still in your blood. Ike, it still runs black and gold. It's all in my blood. I, you know what I always say? I don't care if you're black or white. I just care if you're black and gold. Goodbye. <laughs> See, Ike, he wants to be objective. He, and he is mostly objective, and he's friends to all. All 32 teams. Every, every team has many Ike Taylor lovers on it. But you heard him say we, and uh, you see he's still a stealer at heart. You know what? I say it all the time, too. I don't care if you're black or white. I just care if you're black and gold. All right, let's get to the mm. NFC West. You want to do it, Spaghetti? Do we have time? 
Uh, if you guys can make this around Quick. 10 minutes, that'd be we great. Can do it. All right, we how can long, do it. how far Quick. have we been kibitzing already? You've been kibitzing for about 53, 54 minutes. All right, now. we're good. We I wanted to do, do a game show, too. Nah, we definitely don't have time for that. We spent uh, 10 minutes on intros and uniform talk, so let's, we got to. What are you it. saying? That that was inessential? I'm saying I love this conversation, but we we have to preview for the actual NFL teams before the game start. What so a joke. That'd be great. NFC West. All right, let's get to it. Well, this should go pretty quick because I don't know how much debate there's going to be about number one. But let's do as we did with the East and start at the bottom. Handsome Hank, I start with Started you. Started from the, the bottom. San here. Francisco 49 Everybody's so down on the Niners. Well, I'm not down on them. They're in a division with three other teams. They're the worst of the four teams. Shut up, Dave. I think that defense can be mighty immediately. I think that defense can be really, really good this year. I'm not talking in a few years. I think I think they could be really uh, a high-end D. Okay. All right, go Who's ahead. your fourth team? Probably them. Yeah, them. Right. It's going to be the Niners. So okay, me, explain your reasoning. I mean, it, it's it's really just because talent on the other teams Brian is Hoyer. better than theirs. Brian Hoyer is their quarterback. I, I just oh, don't I, need I think, Hoyer. I, I think they're a team. That. I think they're a team that that I I believe that Shanahan, Carl Shanahan, will turn that team around and and that you know year one is not going to be as pretty as year two and and beyond. But in that division right now, they're the they're the least talented. I keep saying this, and I understand the politics of why this isn't actually true, but I think deep down, if you hook them up to a lie detector, if John Lynch could change one thing about the makeup of the Niners, that is a plausible change he he could have made if he were in that spot. Mm-hmm. He would have kept Colin Kaepernick. I understand, again, the politics of why ownership didn't. But I, I, I bet you they, he would be – Imagine right now, if you just instead of it being Brian Hoyer, wouldn't you be kind of interested in what figures to be a sure. good defense and a kind of a rounding back into shape offensive line and My Carlos Hyde back catching there? catching the balls. Yeah, I, I hear you. They probably wouldn't have traded Vance McDonald, but Carlos Hyde back there and a, a good offensive line would be a little bit of a dangerous offense. Anyway, uh, Cindy, go ahead. So if Aaron Donald – doesn't end up on the field. And everyone's kind of like, oh, it's right. a foregone conclusion that Aaron Donald's going to be there. We got Aaron Donald. If he doesn't end up, the Rams could easily end up in fourth if Aaron Donald doesn't doesn't show up, if, if it's not settled, if he doesn't get paid. Well, I mean, people, because, wait, wait, guys wait. have said that before, True. that I'm willing to sit out the whole but season. He, but Aaron Donald's saying he's willing to sit out the whole season. So Aaron Donald, the, the Rams, the, one of the best things about the Rams last year – was the fact that on first down, they did not allow other teams to gain more than four yards best in the NFL. So they ranked number one in stopping teams from earning for, uh, four or more yards on first down. And much of that was to do with Aaron Donald. His pressure changes things. The ability for a team to scheme, the gap discipline, the different things that they're allowed to, to call against them changes with Aaron Donald not there or with Aaron Donald on the field. So for me, that is... If Aaron Donald doesn't come back, they could realistically be looking at fourth place. Yep. Think about that. But I know this is more NBA slash NHL mentality than it is NFL. But if if you're kind of like how many stars can you accumulate and be uh, top heavy? I mean, the Dallas Cowboys have had some success by hook or by crook playing that kind of uh, playing that kind of philosophy. Or maybe that's just what fell in their lap. But if you look at the Rams. Todd Gurley is a generational runner. At least he looked like it in his rookie season. When I was watching him at Georgia, I kept saying, I know everybody loves to get real high on one running back here. This is He's the one to me. He's the guy who could be. I think be. he's going to have a much better year. Hey, look, I think this offense is going to be a Watkins. lot better. Sammy Watkins was drafted ahead of Odell Beckham. Andrew Whitworth, left tackle. That's game-changing for for Todd Gurley and for Jared Goff. But I'm with you. But you but, know what? But the, pro- but the problem is, is if you if you improve your offense and your defense doesn't 
stay dominant, you're going to have, like, good luck against the Seahawks. I hear you, but here's my counter to that. They have Wade Phillips. He makes all defenses better, doesn't he? I, I mean, isn't, Phillips. There, but isn't that in few, fact true? There are a few people who I like to track their their strategy more than Wade Phillips, and I totally agree. But you've got – you talk about a generational player. Aaron Donald, come on. I agree. Like, yeah. that one's the most generational maybe on the entire NFL. Best, best defensive right? player in the NFL in my book. Yeah. Oh, by far. I mean, okay, not by far. But in, in terms of, like – to me, it's, it's, it's a really easy calculation. He's weird to watch, too, because he is smaller than almost any defensive lineman you'll ever come across in the NFL, and yet he is always, even when they're losing, you know, in terrible losing streaks and giving up 50 points, every snap he is in the uh, in the right. offensive backfield. There, there's about three defensive players that we, that we have right now that are generational players that we get to watch th- this Ooh, season. Ooh, who are they? Watt, Miller, Donald. Those are my three, I think. Yeah, Not in that order. Be the defensive player of the year. What? No, number fifty for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ryan Shazier. You talk about raising their uh, their turnover ratio. If he's out there for all those games, that's that's the effect he has. Oh, he's wonderful. But I I, I totally. But anyway. Agree. But my point is, is that if you lose Aaron Donald, who you've basically, I mean, obviously Wade Phillips can. He's a he's a mastermind. He's a chess player. He can he can figure it out. But good luck with their schedule. But he Good hasn't luck. been through camp. How can he be ready? Oh, oh I don't care about that part. I, be, I, I'm not I'm just talking about camp. I'm talking about I'm just talking about if he's not there. I say like, it all that. The, 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 if camp were so important, then how come Adrian Peterson never needed it? Come on. Or, Aaron Donald will walk through the door and Calvin dominate. Johnson and, didn't even need to practice. I know. Calvin so, so Johnson ridiculous. practiced like once it's a week, a, maybe. It's essential we put Julian Edelman on the field in uh, in in August. Well, I mean, you know, was it essential? Doesn't seem like you need to have any of your essential players out there in meaningless games like that. And by the way, that's not to say preseason is 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 useless. It's fun to watch guys that are trying to make the cut. That's what's compelling about it. But my starters would never see that. You would them. never – they would never come near that. I also caution that people be They wouldn't even be allowed in the stadium. Against, like, some of these amazing catches we've been seeing because no, you're not going to get tackled the same way That's you would. Right. Like, preseason catches are more for fun. It's kind of like when you watch it, the Harlem Globetrotters. It's a month-long lie. I say it every year. All lie. you're going to get is confused. Look, All chemistry. The, you see, Look, chemistry. wait a minute, maybe I've been sleeping on this team based on their week two preseason performance against uh, against the fourth string of... Who uh, does that? A lot of people get seduced by what they see in this... I, in, in I this. do think fantasy people get seduced by it. They're like, you know people what? People in Buffalo think Nate Peterman should be the starting quarterback over Tyrod Taylor because of the way he's played in second halves against bum units. Come on. Vanilla defenses. And stuff. Bum units. Yeah, that's what she said. All right. Third place. I think we're – so or wh- where it's, are you going here, Handsome? For third. Yeah. This uh, The Rams. The okay. Rams. We agree on that. I think yeah. we've kind of covered the Rams. Yep. Real quick. I understand two, Rams, Rams. Two things. Real it, quick. Is Kirk, excuse me. Kirk Cousins, is he wearing the Niners' handsome uniform in 2018? I, I think Kirk Cousins may realistically be a $34 million third-time franchise tag holder. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Hmm. Thirty-four million for another franchise tag. I, I, that's entirely possible, and I, I kind of want it to happen because it'd be fun. Chaos. It would be fun. Wouldn't be surprised if you see that happen in Pittsburgh to twenty-six as well. Um, so uh, Jared Goff, do we, do we think we see? I think we see good a, Goff. A, a reason that yep. oh, they'll see now. We see why he, at least he was the first overall pick. 
and why they hired Sean McVay. I don't know if you're ever going to be able to live up to the hype of being a, the first overall pick. It, like it, that's just a really hard bar, especially when you kind of started with the chaos that he started with and it, and that huge trade to get him because it just feels like a, a lot to give up. But I do think we see like a – I don't think we see some guy who's in the bottom five of the league. I think we see a guy who is growing and emerging. I think Jared Goff is a good quarterback. I just think it's, it's about growth and opportunity. And I don't know if you'll – again, I don't know if you'll ever, ever, ever – pay back those expectations but I do think in terms of performance it's going to be a huge improvement Niners Rams put them in uh, whichever order you want shake it up yeah I think I think the world over would uh, would agree with that second place go ahead Cindy Freeland Arizona all right of course well I didn't know maybe I thought you would say something different they're handsome you're in agreement all right lay it on Arizona really increases their win totals this season though I think we see them like more like a you know nine ten like I think they could get up into that ten isn't it funny how those those what we perceive these narratives that we create and then one season goes a little sideways and then it blows everything up the fact of the matter is Bruce Arians as a head coach. Talk about a genius. Like he's, well, if you he's, include, I mean, you know, you go back to his OC days in Pittsburgh and what he did uh, sort of, you know, with, with Roethlisberger getting him to a different level. And then, what you know, he basically was the head coach of the Colts the year yep. that Pagano was out. And uh, since he's been in Arizona, last season aside, he's been successful at, at, at all those stops there. I'm kind of with you. I think they're a sneaky good play I think they, this year. To me, they're a sneaky good playoff contender. Maybe it's not winning the division – I mean, it'd be hard to unseed the number one Seahawks. But to me, this is a team that has, okay, Larry Fitzgerald in that slot is one of the most efficient matchups on the field. David Johnson, game changer. I mean, completely game changer. If they can keep Carson Palmer upright, Carson Palmer went 2015, I think he was sacked 27 times. 2016 went to 41 times. So it's either 40 or 41 sacks. You can you can at me about that, whatever. So that huge increase in sack total, that changes Car- – and he's, he's, you know, in his 30s. We talked about aging quarterbacks. For me, it's not so much aged as like, all right, we got to – give him a chance to actually pass the ball, right? So, But they need, you know, he's just because Tom Brady has done it now in the year 40, I feel, you know, Carson, these quarterbacks are, you know, it's not the standard thing that, well, he's 37, that's that's young enough. You know, he could show some real drop-off here. Yeah, I people have been saying that about Phil Rivers. If, well, you, can it's see if you if you give him a chance to stay upright, you're gonna he's gonna be able to pass the ball. It's, but if you anyone who gets hit that much, right? Like, yeah, a younger guy can bounce back from getting hit. But if you're getting hit that much and you're aging, it, I don't care if you're Tom Brady, I don't care, you know, that's right. All of those people, if you're getting hit that much, you you have a bad opportunity. You're gonna turn the ball over. Bad things are gonna happen. You're fumble. Like more opportunities for something bad to happen. Can Kim DJ or whoever else? I mean, the thing that the un, the the thing that kind of messes with that defense, and it's fun to talk about uh, the great secondary and the hybrid pieces that they have uh, um, back there. Who replaces Calais Campbell? That's going to be a question. That's going to be bad for them against the Seahawks in particular. I mean, if you can't take advantage of – well, they don't have a great offensive line, so that would provide well, an edge for 60 minutes, you would think, if you have Calais Campbell going against that. Well, if you have Calais Campbell, you get an edge because you get one of the best edge rushers. But I don't. I think in this in this, like, think about what's going on in this division, right? You got, I mean, obviously the Seahawks, the passing game. You got running back. I don't know. I, I actually don't think it's as big of a problem in this particular. Because like the Rams, the Niners, like you're, the pass rush there is not going to be. 
you don't have a great pass rush against Jared Goff, or you don't have a great pass rush against Brian Hoyer, you're not going to get punished as bad as if you don't have a great pass rush against Tom Brady. Or and they they drafted Hassan Reddick for exactly that Hassan, reason. Yeah, that's Hassan Reddick is, I mean, could be very good. It's could, just always a question. A mark delightful young man to boot. Really? But, uh, yeah, he is yeah, delightful. Very nice. Yeah, he really, is delightful. Yeah, 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 striking in uh, yeah. in uh, his charm. But uh, <laughs> I, as we always talk about, you either if you have a division bully in the uh, NFC West has certainly had that this decade in the Seahawks, you either keep up with the, with the Joneses and you match them in in their uh, you know that, I guess the best comp for that is uh, Pittsburgh and the Ra- and Baltimore basically are mirror images of of what they have there um, or you zag against uh, their skill and I, I don't feel like the Cardinals are built to to combat what the Seahawks want to do defensively I mean with John Brown is Larry Fitzgerald at thirty four that's your John number one John Brown could. John Brown could surprise. He better be. He be, he be, John, John Brown, Brown is the is know, the X factor of the division. How about that? Whoa, isn't he? If he isn't good, then then this is the easiest division for any Super Bowl contender. The Seahawks have have a. I don't ball. know though. The balance that David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald provide are pretty pretty stabilizing forces. All right, let's talk about the Seahawks. We all have them at number one. Yep. Do you have any thoughts on the, on the Cardinals there, Handsome? No, I mean, well, I gave you my Hassan Reddick one is is where they make up for where they – like, listen, they I had that great a... point with Hassan Reddick. Don't yeah. at me. Pat Pete, Honey that, Badger. Well, like, what's, what's not to like Aon about that Buchanan. team? Yeah, it's, it's great. They're yeah. a team that, regardless of who you root for, you kind of – I feel like you root for Especially Bruce Aries. Yes. But well, also, Bruce, I do. Hat. I do think that hat gets me every time. Whatever you think about the the individuality, obviously, you're not going to embrace by the nature of what the Seahawks, the way they the way they run that organization, they're allowed to be individual. So you have 53 plus all the coaches, different personalities. So you're not going to love every guy on the team from afar. But I celebrate what Pete Carroll's done as a 21st century head coach. It's replaced the Bobby Knight philosophy of you, my way or the highway. I don't think you can get away with that very easily. Even Bill Belichick is quietly more of a player's coach if you talk to anyone who goes through that Patriots organization. Um, but Pete Carroll, to me, personifies where the where pro sports are, the, the way a head coach sort of needs to approach the thing. I also think that this is going to be Pete Carroll's last year. I just have a hunch about that. And Bruce Arians. Two new coaches. Maybe Bruce Arians, division. too. Yeah, maybe Bruce Arians as well. But I think this is it. And Well, with part all of the-, the reason why it's it is because there's a chance that they that getting the, the Legion of Boom and their entire defense back together could be monetarily impossible. That's right. Right. <laughs> and this feels like – so here's so, – so the backstory – well covered a year ago. We always like to talk about the Jenga theory here. The Jenga theory is if you take the wrong piece out of the equation, the whole thing will implode. Well, we found out for all the high-end stars that uh, that the Seahawks defense has had, we learned that Earl Thomas is the only one that just cannot be replaced at all. You take him away, they are doomed. Right. And uh, he's back, so good news for the Seahawks. I also think – They'll rally around Pete Carroll, and in spite of all the melodrama, Richard Sherman and Russell Wilson and uh, all that stuff, I think the Seahawks rally together for a special 2017 handsome house say you. I would agree. I think they have a very good chance of of returning to the Super Bowl again this year. As a matter of fact, I'll pull back the curtain. That is my pick. Is it? I think the Seahawks. We're breaking so much news on here. Well, I mean, they just have their, 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 their... they're star. They're, they have stars everywhere. That's right. why when Earl Thomas went down, I, you know, and uh, I think Maurice Jones-Drew said, "You watch that defense is about to fall off a cliff." I said, 
yeah, but we've seen Cliff Averill go down. We've seen Michael Bennett, Bobby Wagner. We've seen all those guys go, Cam Chancellor. And they, the defense keeps on going. They lost Earl Thomas. And, and over there. Yep. But, I mean, back to that point, though, you, you, you know, Bennett and Averill, yikes, Bobby Wagner, dominant, the back end we know about. Right. And then on offense, they, they continue to improve as well. I think Russell Wilson, he was not – like week one last year, it was very obvious that Russell Wilson was not right, and he wasn't really right. I mean, you don't get healthier after we, after you play football games. He's going to come into this season a new man, and I think – He kind of had his worst year as a pro yeah, in spite definitely. of his greatest but I think, passing I don't, yard. Exactly, but I don't think it was on him. I think it was, it, was, it was an injury that he just never got past. Well, you know, you refer back to the Giants conversation. Eli Manning is not a guy who can make it behind a bad O-line. There are three guys that can. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger. They can still survive, and Tom Brady, I guess, to to some degree. Russell Wilson, if that line's at all better, obviously losing Fant is a bad start to things. But it does seem more— Surely Jameis Winston would be able to as well. I like Jameis. Given how much he is like Ben Roethlisberger. (laughs) Ah, Maybe the kid's not ready for that. All right, we're talking Seahawks right now, handsome. Don't throw my previous points in my face. I don't care for that. Cindy Freeland, lay it on us. The Seahawks, what's their high end? I'm interested to see what happens. Their high end will be determined by their running game, I think. And you have Rawls and you have uh, Lacey, who figured to be first and second down backs. And uh, Procise's ability to catch out of the backfield is maybe gone. I think Procise is the guy. I Pro-Sice, think Procise ends up getting it. I think he's third down back. I don't think he's first and second, but I think he's the third down back. I think he gets a lot of those short catches that I think everyone was like, oh, maybe Jimmy Graham. Could? No, I think it's going to be uh, Procise in that third down situation in those passing situations. I'm with you on that. I, I think Procise happens to be the best of them, but maybe, I don't know, maybe they can figure out a way to ring something out of Eddie Lacy. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, I think first and second down. Absolutely. Chipping away at it. And I'm, I'm give me a stat line. Give me Eddie Lacy's stat line for 2017. Hmm. Less than Marshawn Lynch. 200 carries. No, no, no. One, 150, 1100 yards. 150 at average of 150, 150. Oh, okay. So like nine touches, 150 means like less than 10 touches a game and about let's give him an average touch some, uh, let's go five, 4.6. You know, I said earlier, Des Bryant's numbers, if you look them up in total are slightly underwhelming based on just how I, I, uh, Imagine him as, uh, you know, some superhuman guy. The other guy, I know everybody likes to call him underrated, so I don't think you can officially call Doug Baldwin underrated at this point when he week in and week out is referred to on every broadcast as underrated. Then you, by definition, are no longer underrated if that's the case. But do look his numbers up. In fantasy and otherwise, he's much more productive. I know he had the big explosion in the second half two years ago when he put up, uh, it seemed like, three touchdowns a week. But look at look at his numbers last year. Doug Baldwin is is a, a very productive NFL receiver. I, d- I just don't know about uh, what happened to Tyler Lockett. That's what I was about to say. Tyler, right. they, the numbers for Doug Baldwin would be even better if you had Tyler Lockett as a real true threat. I think that's the – like the linchpin there. That's that will be it, Doug Baldwin is one of those receivers with tons of upside. So in fantasy, if you can get him late round and you can afford to like bench him and kind of see what happens, like and I mean like late round, like not like round sixteen or whatever, like round I don't know seven or eight. Let's review it real quick. Then we all say the Seahawks win the division. Is anybody going to say the Cardinals get a wild card? Wild card. Yep. You do think that? I do. You yeah, both I think, think so. they get an NFC yep. wild card. Mm-hmm. I do. Okay, I don't have I don't have that. And then in the NFC East, I say Eagles. Handsome says Gents. 
And uh, Cindy boys. says uh, America's team. Any wild card for anybody out of that division? Nope. I think the Giants get. I think the Giants I uh, sneak do. in. I think, they I think an 60. NFC South team gets it. Well, we'll I talk agree. about that at a later date, but I've had a big epiphany. Epiphany. Everybody's excited about That's the Bucks. Jeez, I, you know, you know, no one's led the uh, charge for Cam Newton like uh, like Dan. I think Falcons and Panthers both. I think I think I think the Falcons are are going to be good again. <laughs> Whoa! You really went out. You went out. Yes, it is a big one. It's a big one to say because a lot of people think that they're going to stink. The best team in the conference last year. You're saying a lot of people think that they're going to stink this year. They thought, oh, the Super Bowl hangover and all that jazz. I think I, I suddenly had an epiphany. They're going to win that division again. The defense is going to be. You just doomed them. Well, did I? Did I? I what did you, what'd you say that. last year? I said that Matt Ryan would finish the season as the worst quarterback. But I changed uh, in, in, the, in the division. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, though. I changed that for 2017. By the end of 2017, the worst quarterback in the division, Drew Brees. I knew you were going to say that. Well, that's That means a, the Saints are going to the Super Bowl. All right. Ipso facto. Ipso facto. Ipso facto. Hey, by the way, every throw, every catch, every two-minute drill, every fourth and inches, if it's NFL football and it happened, NFL game passes, got it, get every live out-of-market preseason game, condensed games, replays, coaches film, and more. Kick off your free trial today, nfl.com slash game pass, or as Handsome Hank would say, game pass. Hey, Handsome just left the studio. He just took off. Bye, Handsome. Anybody want to tell bad stories about him while he's gone? Can I tell you something honestly now that he's gone? Yeah. I never cared for him. He walked by me three times on my birthday and didn't say happy birthday to me. Typical Handsome. Typical Handsome. Great to see you, though, Cindy Freeland. Always is. Be on the lookout. uh, Start of next week. Game theory and money. Well, I didn't say it was time to play the music yet. But all right, find Handsome Hank's Endeavor, the international series he pits high-end soccer stars against high-end NFL stars. It's fun stuff with Kay Adams and apparently a number of other colleagues who are more athletic than I. Cindy Freeland, watch her on NFL Media. Watch Eternal Red Zone next week. Subscribe to – see, now – see, I was trying to jam it all in there, Spaghetti. It was too much. Now you already are putting me up against the wall by playing it before I even start talking. All right, listen, here's what you do. You subscribe, you comment, you share with your friends, you rate it on iTunes, Stitcher, or otherwise. It's the Dave Damashek football program. Lots of good times upcoming. Till early next week, it's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. 
I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 